In an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Hey Ghoulsters, welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-host. If you have always loved spooky things, whether it's Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky family, because here we fangool over all of it. Today we'll be grave digging into a movie and franchise I have been dying to talk about since literally the first day we created The Goalmates. You know, the one with the sparkling vampires and an epic love story? Yes, you guessed it, Twilight. But before we do that, I want to give you a chance to grab a cup of your favorite witch's brew because here it's always a perfect spooky day and it's not a spooky day without a good cup of brew. While you're getting situated for today's blood fest of sparkling vampires and teenage hormones, I figured we could just talk for a bit, you know? I thought we could share a cup of brew and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive. So, for starters, today, my choice of witch's brew is an iced Americano with cream and one Splenda presented by Master of Ceremonies. I swear, there's nothing he can't do that is just not amazing, you know? We got an espresso machine a few months ago, and it's the best investment we've ever made because he's always experimenting with new recipes, which I guess is pretty great for this new segment. So I can't wait to see what's brewing in your cup for this week's episode on our Discord server. If you're new around here, you might be wondering what the heck I meant about keeping the spook alive just a bit ago. So we have this thing with the Ghoulmates where we believe in celebrating all things spooky all year. So we kind of just call it keeping the spook alive. Like, what are we doing to keep it alive? Whether it's shopping, watching something spooky, or anything really that gives you all those spooky vibes that your heart desires. And you guys... This show has already added this whole level of spooky I've been missing in my heart for so long. It has given me an excuse to watch all the guilty pleasure vampire content my heart desires. And I swear, I feel like it's bleeding into my real life now, too. This weekend, Rudy and I found this super awesome place in Denver called Mutiny Info Cafe. And I was literally standing there like a nerd thinking, oh, my God, this seriously feels like a movie. It reminded me a lot of the bookstore that Hilda works at in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It was this huge bookstore with a cafe at the entrance and tons of used books and vinyl. And there was this awesome new local band I discovered called Autumnal Music, singing music that was actually all full of fall vibes. And I could also smell the coffee around me. You know that distinct smell when you're in a cafe with fresh ground coffee beans? It was just... One of those moments, you know? But anyway, I'm sure you're dying to talk about Edward more than this. So if you want to keep up with how I'm keeping the spook alive every day, you can follow me on Instagram at Mandy Spooks and on the Goalmates YouTube channel. All right. So for those of you who know me, you know that research is not my forte, as I mentioned in the intro episode. So I thought it would be fun to just share an interesting fact related to the episode's theme so that we can still possibly learn something interesting and fun together. But also, my relationship with research and history is like casual, you know? I'm not sure I'm ready for like a serious relationship and making it official. So you'll have to let me know what you think of this idea. So 
Since we're talking vampires, I wanted to share something new. We've all heard of Vlad the Impaler, and I previously shared the story of Mercy Brown in a YouTube video. So I scoured the interwebs for something unique, and did you know that redheads have been given a hard time since, like, forever? (laughs) We know the mean jokes about how redheads are gingers with no souls, but it turns out humans have been discriminating against natural redheads since the early 1400s. In ancient Greece, it was believed that redheads would turn into vampires after death, so they burned their bodies before burial to stop them from returning as vampires. Well, ancient Greece, I have a lesson for you, because redheads are some of the best people around. Did you ghoulsters know that my familiar is a natural redhead? (laughs) According to the Washington Post, red hair is simply a mutation in the MC1R gene that causes pale skin, freckles, and red hair. Although, come to think of it, I don't think our familiar would mind turning into a vampire. (laughs) Okay, so how did I do? Did you already know that interesting fact? Perhaps I should grave dig into something less factual, but way more fun. So, Twilight. Turns out you ghoulsters had quite a bit to say about it. But before we get into that, let me give you a brief overview of the film. You know, just in case you've been living underground for the past 15 years or something. So Twilight was released on November 21st, 2018. It was directed by Katherine Hardwick, starring, of course, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. And we all know that it was based on the novel by Stephanie Meyer. So this movie had a Rotten Tomatoes audience rating of 73%. And according to Rotten Tomatoes, the summary reads, When Bella Swan moves to a small town in the Pacific Northwest, she falls in love with Edward Cullen a mysterious classmate who reveals himself to be a 108-year-old vampire. All right, so before we get into the nitty-gritty, I always like to kind of set an expectation for my review, you know, like where I'm coming from, how much experience do I have with it and such. So obviously, if you haven't put two and two together yet, yes, I was a twihard. I read all the books as they were released. I even made t-shirts with my familiar for the opening night of the first film. And I guess this goes back to how I mentioned as I got older, I felt like I had to grow up and put that part of me away. Not to mention being surrounded by people constantly judging the movie didn't help either. So I probably hadn't seen this movie in a good, I'd say, at least six years. So watching it again definitely brought back all the emotions I had back when it came out. And what I was most surprised about was how different I felt about it after taking a break from it for so long. But as promised, this show is not just about my thoughts, but yours, my co-host as well. And honestly, you guys, your responses were so good. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't sure how this weird experiment of mine was going to go with this new idea of a two-way conversation, but I was so happy when I saw your responses coming through. So obviously, this movie is a lot to unpack from the movie itself to the characters, to the book, to the music. So what I'm going to do is break it all down into sections before I go down a big, messy, unorganized rabbit hole of me fangirling. So I'm going to start off easy breezy. The first question I put out was obviously Team Edward or Team Jacob. And I was really surprised by how many people were still Team Jacob, to be honest. So obviously Edward won at 81%, but 19% of you still said Team Jacob. So I have to admit that back when I was a young, immature baby Mandy Spooks, I was totally Team Jacob. I was just 
so frustrated by how self-tormenting Edward is. Like, there are times when I would just want to shake him and be like, oh my God, get over it. You're a vampire and you love her and you're not going to hurt her. And can you just please give us all the scenes we really want? <laughs> Don't act like you weren't feeling that way as a raging teen. We were all there with you. <laughs> and rewatching it now as a mature, well, I guess a bit more mature married woman. <laughs> I definitely understand Edward more, but I could still feel myself getting a little frustrated in the movie, which I'll elaborate more on later because it'll all come full circle, I promise. So, I don't know. I feel like I'm just like Bella and I'm going to keep switching teams. <laughs> I'm Switzerland. I wasn't going to not make that reference. Come on. So, I guess before I can share some of your thoughts, I should probably share my thoughts of the movie overall. I want to start by saying that I absolutely hated this movie when it came out. I hate to be so negative because you guys know that me and Rudy really try really hard not to put down other creatives because we know how much hard work and passion goes into stuff. But I genuinely felt that Catherine Hardwick ruined this movie. And it's solely because of this movie that the entire franchise has such a bad reputation. I was just not a fan of the cinematography and I hated that she tried making it feel like this dark and moody indie film and the acting. Oh my God. I was so angry because I remember the moment exactly in my head when Edward is sucking the venom out of Bella's wrist and the entire theater at the premiere started laughing. It was so bad. And I was internally so angry that the acting was so bad that people laughed because I was also internally just feeling how much agony he was in. And I'll never get that moment back of watching the scene play out for the first time and having people just laugh at everything I was feeling. So long story short, I was extremely surprised that revisiting this film was a pleasant surprise. You know, I talked briefly in the intro episode about how Rudy sometimes ruins the experience for me because he'll roll his eyes or criticize what I'm watching. So I went into this with a whole mood planned. I sent him to watch TV in the room. I turned off the main lights, turned on all the purple ambiance lighting, made some popcorn. You know, I was all in. And I'm so glad that I treated it this way because the experience was the complete opposite of the first time I saw it. I saw it completely alone and just completely immerse myself in it. And I was really surprised to actually appreciate it for what it is now. So I want to touch on the things I mentioned. First of all, the cinematography. I'm kind of embarrassed to even share this now, but I actually talked to Master of Ceremonies about this a few years ago, and I was like, the color was just so terrible. It was clearly not natural and trying so hard to make it look spooky. And he had explained to me how that part actually made sense to him because of where they lived. And I kind of just brushed it off at that time. But guys, I was so freaking wrong and ignorant <laughs> my entire life. I have lived in the desert until we moved to Denver recently. And to my surprise, turns out cloudy days really can look that spooky. And I know it sounds so silly, but I just literally had never in my life seen so many trees and clouds and gloomy weather the way Forks is supposed to be. So watching the movie this time, I appreciated it that much more because it resonated with where I live now and the life I've been trying to create. And turns out it actually can look that way. Silly me. Who would have thunk? <laughs> and now the negative. So I know I also criticize the acting and I hate to be negative, but I still genuinely feel that it was all due to bad direction. Look, we are over 10 years into this. Kristen and Robert are not bad actors. I mean, hello, Badinson is so good, even guys are thirsty for Edward now. Just saying, 
I just think they were younger and they got bad direction. And it still makes me a little angry, to be honest, because we will never get back our, I can't believe I'm going to say it, our Edward Cullen on the big screen virginity. There, I said what I said. Those are the thoughts on, I guess, the film itself. So now the story. You guys, it was like falling in love with this series all over again. It's funny, too, because especially having lived in Arizona now, I couldn't help but admire how right Stephanie Meyer got those facts. It was so on point down to her mom dating a baseball player. Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like I saw Edward in a new light, and I don't think I ever actually truly understood how hard things were for Bella. Like I said, the way it plays out in the movie, it's comical. The acting makes you laugh. But if you really think about it, can you really imagine being a teenage girl moving to a new school and having the hottest guy in school act like he's completely repulsed by you? It made me so sad seeing that play out and actually understanding how she felt. And not to mention, when all the students were coming at her at the beginning with the camera and the million questions and the attention, it was just a lot. So I feel like I really appreciated the story in a way that I just never got as a teen. I guess as a, te as a teen, I was just there for the juicy stuff, you know? <laughs> so anyway, before I share some of your favorite moments from the series, I thought I'd share my favorite moments from the movie. First of all, I love the scene when they finally talk for the first time in class. Again, I was too young, I think, to really understand what chemistry was back then. So I really loved how when they're finally working together in class, they like tease each other when they're telling each other it's anaphase and they're and like each of them tells each other, mind if I check. <laughs> I don't think I ever picked up on like that actual chemistry between them. And also the scene is important because it tells you from the very beginning how stubborn both of them are, too, which continues to become a bigger problem, obviously. So I also fell in love with a new side of Edward this time around, which was like, how calm he gets after they finally get together i just i love the scene where he's just like hopping around on her truck all happy like he just seems at peace and you can see like a clear difference in him which is just like you could just feel the love and like how like i don't know a better way to say it other than he just seems at peace and it's a really nice feeling and the teenager in me will always fangirl when they show up to school together and he's wearing his ray-bans with his arm around her so quick story time. It's so corny, but I'll never forget the first time I met Rudy. He was wearing jeans, black Converse, a plain black shirt with the sleeves rolled up. And guess what? Yes, the Ray-Bans. I nearly melted because I just thought in my head, like I could hear the scene playing out with the music and everything. Anyway, enough of that. I'd also be lying if I didn't say I got a little lump in my throat when I heard Edward say the line. You don't know how long I've waited for you. Let's just simmer on that one for a moment because I know it probably gets all of you too. All right. So last one, not on the Edward gushing side. I never appreciated this enough, but it's also super cool that Bella is all about empowering women. And this was like before empowering women was a trend. So good job, Stephanie Meyer. But I love how she told Angela to take initiative and ask Ben out. So when I asked you guys your favorite Twilight moments, I admit I should have clarified specifically about the first movie because you guys were so excited to talk about the entire series, but I'm sure we're all familiar with it. So some of the answers were just too good not to share. So the first one came from Toil and Trouble, and I like this one because it had nothing to do with love, but it was funny and memorable because as soon as I read it, I could hear it in my head. And it was when Jacob runs up to Bella saying, Bella, where the hell have you been, loca? 
<laughs> admit it. You laughed just now, too, because we all know that scene. So baby bat 97 had a sweet one. And she said, when Bella finally meets the rest of Jacob's tribe in New Moon. Hmm. I'm sensing a pattern here, guys. Is New Moon the ghoulster favorite? I think that used to be my favorite, too. They're all my favorite. Sweetgrass Gypsy said, when Edward and Bella finally go out, the wedding, honeymoon, and anything Edward. So basically everything except New Moon. <laughs> so something I was curious about was how you all felt about the book versus the movie, because, you know, people always say the book is always better than the movie. So according to our poll, 24% of all of you ghoulsters said that the movie was, in fact, just as good or better than the book. So the journalist and me obviously had to know more about how you guys felt, and the feedback was so good. Our funny ghoul, Toil and Trouble, said, Well, the source material in retrospect wasn't all that amazing. Overall, I think it missed the feeling of belonging that you feel through Bella in the books. What I liked about the series in my youth was the feeling like you found your forever fam. End quote. <laughs> wow. You know, this was such a good point because as soon as I read this comment, I remembered that constant feeling Bella had of feeling like she was born to be a vampire, how nothing ever felt right until she was with Edward and his family. And Lalik actually felt the way I felt about the movies the first time around. She said, the first film was kind of eh. It made me really hesitant to watch the other films. When I saw New Moon and the difference in the direction the film was headed, it was way better from the first portrayal. It had a better flow and it wasn't rushed. See, guys, I wasn't the only hater. <laughs> I wonder if Lalik would enjoy it more now like I did. You'll have to let me know, ghoul. In general, it felt like a lot of you felt like the movie rushed the story a lot and, the Edwards, and that Edward's story didn't come through the way it should have. But it wasn't all negative, and I actually really loved one of the positive messages that came through. Sweetgrass Gypsy said, you see Victoria at the prom watching Edward and Bella at the end of the movie, hinting to the plot of the next movie, and in the book she disappears after the baseball game and is not seen again until New Moon. Bella and Charlie never eat at the diner in the books. She cooks home meals, lol. <laughs> in the movie, Edward kisses Bella in her room, but in the book, Edward kisses Bella for the first time in the woods by her truck. And that's just the first movie. Wow, guys, that's an impressive comment because she clearly knows the books and caught all the things that were better in the movie. So bravo, sweet ghoulster. I'm so glad that I decided to go this route with the show. Genuinely hearing your thoughts is so heartwarming because I know at the end of the day, we all just love these books and movies so much. But moving on, there's one more thing I really wanted to touch on, and that is the music. You guys, the one thing I think this movie got right without a doubt was the music. The soundtracks for all the movies were so good. So, of course, most of you agreed that Flightless Bird, American Mouth was your favorite song on this soundtrack. But I'm so glad that my ghoul Sabrina, sorry, I can't pronounce your Instagram handle. She mentioned Let Me Sigh by Robert Pattinson. And I'm so glad because you guys, how did we forget that Pattinson also has the voice of an angel? If you didn't already know this, the song that plays when Edward is sucking the venom out of Bella's arm, that is him singing. And just another reason why I'll never get over that scene being ruined, because it's just so full of emotions. And I need Robert Pattinson to make an album like yesterday. Oh my gosh, I should have researched if that's not a thing before I said that. Sorry. You guys will have to let me know. Anyway, for the record, my favorite song on the album is actually When I Caught Myself by Paramore. I was always super upset that Decode wasn't the main single, because I just felt like When I Caught Myself felt 
so much better and in line with how not only Bella feels, but especially Edward. All right. So before I wrap up the Twilight combo on the Ghoul Mates, we always give a final rating, which is called It's Freaking Bats. So on a scale of one to five bats, how many bats would you give this film? I would share the results, but I actually forgot to ask our ghoulsters this question. And this is a work in progress, so you're going to have to bear with me, guys. So I would give this movie four bats. I think the love story is timeless and still holds up, if not better, as you get older and understand human emotions more. But I also feel like the directing and acting needed improvements. So if you would like to be a co-host and share your thoughts for future episodes, please join our Discord server at the link in the show notes because... That's where the majority of these questions will get posted and also on Instagram at not another spooky podcast. But the show is not over yet. In fact, this vampire fest is going to continue because it's that time in the show where moving forward, I will normally let you know we are going to talk about the TV show we are binging if you don't want to stick around for the last part of the show. But for today, I'm going to ask you to please stick around before you decide if you want to binge with us or not. The reason I'm saying that is because my assumption is that if you're not binging with us or even going to try to follow along with the recaps is that you're not sure that the Vampire Diaries, a.k.a. TVD, is your thing. And trust me, if you've listened through Twilight so far, I can 100% guarantee it probably is your thing because it has all the spooky vibes your heart desires. It's got the obvious vampires, steamy love stories, witches, magic, and a lot of other spooky folklore that I don't want to spoil just yet. So I really hope you'll stick around because maybe, just maybe, after hearing the spooky details, you might want to take a bite after all because it is bloody binge-worthy. Okay, so this week we started The Vampire Diaries, episodes one through four. The reason I chose this show and universe is because I know how much the community loves it and I have never seen the originals or legacies and I have such bad memory that I honestly don't even remember TVD anymore. So I figured we should just start from scratch. So I'll be sharing my thoughts as if I'm watching for the first time with no spoilers outside of the episodes we are discussing. But before I dive in, I'm going to quickly read the short summaries for season one, episodes one through four, because my brain is way too scattered to talk about one episode at a time. They're going to be super brief, so they're really just meant to jog your memory of what happened in those episodes. So I'm going to read them quickly from IMDb. So for episode one, it says, reeling from the death of her parents, 17-year-old Elena becomes interested in a handsome new student named Stefan, who's hiding a dark secret. For episode two, we have Elena goes to the Salvatore house to talk to Stefan, but finds Damon there instead, who reveals surprising information about Stefan's past. Vicky begins to remember the attack. Episode 3, Elena invites Stefan and Bonnie to dinner, hoping that the two will bond, but the evening is disrupted by the unexpected and unwelcome arrival of Damon and Caroline. And finally, episode 4, Stefan escorts Elena to the town's founder's party. At the party, Damon tells Elena a story about the Salvatore family, leaving Elena with questions Stefan refuses to answer. Okay, so I just want to start by saying that this segment is not meant to be as thorough as the actual episode's main topic like Twilight was, because 
I can already feel myself getting stressed that I'm not providing you guys with enough valuable information. So the purpose of this segment is really just for us to fangle together, enjoy the show, and get all the major reactions out. That being said, I can't help but also start off with, are we team Stefan or team Damon? So I didn't do a poll for this episode, but I think I'm going to do one for the next because I think it'll be fun to see how everyone feels by the time we're finished. So right now, I'm 100% team Stefan. Overall, physically, I have always been team Stefan. I don't know why I have always felt like Damon looks almost too perfect, like in a way artificial. He's always reminded me of Rob Lowe's younger mean brother. And Stefan, well, I just can't with his dark brooding eyes. And there's just something about him like every time I see him. That aside, something I really wanted to bring up in this episode specifically was obviously the Twilight versus Vampire Diaries conversation. Even though I watched both when they came out, I think rewatching both at the same time now, it was the first time I started to see similarities. Like Elena is sad and alone, keeping to herself, just like Bella. And then there's this hot vampire that's intrigued yet scared to get too close. I think the stories go completely differently. But especially seeing episode one and Twilight within the same week, I picked up on all the similarities. But if you remember earlier, I said my whole Team Edward frustration would eventually come full circle in this episode. So here is my take. I had mentioned how I got frustrated by how careful Edward is. And I think seeing how differently Stefan handles himself with Elena only frustrates me more because you can see Stefan struggles and stuff, but he doesn't let it stop him the way Edward does. You know, he just gets flustered, but Edward just holds back so much. And I don't know if maybe it's because they were meant for different audiences, because I think Twilight definitely has a younger audience based on how I think like Vampire Diaries has like little hints of horror because I got a little spooked by it. But anyway, that was one of my major takeaways, how Edward can't even comfortably kiss Bella, but Stefan is like right on top of Elena making out until he realizes he has to pull back only because he sees his like veins coming out in the mirror. I don't know what it's called, their little vampire vein eye thing. So anyway, look, I'm not going to say everything is about sex, but my point is that it's why I just can't with Edward sometimes and why I steer towards Team Jacob because we all know he'd never hurt Bella. Enough is enough. But I'm digressing. We're here to talk about the Salvatore brothers. So all that aside, Stefan isn't perfect either. I can't help but wonder if it's just weird because it makes me wonder if is he really falling in love with Elena or is it the intrigue of her looking like this mysterious Catherine character? And obviously Damon is up to no good, but I can completely understand why in episode four, Elena starts to question Stefan because he's like, He's like Edward is with sex, but with information like, oh, my God, just tell her so she can stop buying into Damon's tricks and we can all be happy and move on. And basically, I think that about wraps up the whole Damon, Stefan and Elena storyline. But I did want to briefly talk about the other characters like Bonnie and Caroline. I promised no spoilers, but guys, as soon as I heard both of their voices, I instantly remembered how much I loved these characters. And it's so cool going back to the beginning and seeing how different they were. So if you haven't seen this series, you're in for so many feelings and happiness and tears and just so many feels. I feel like if you're still on the fence about watching the series or not, Bonnie's story gets so much bigger like you can already see how her magic is starting to grow in just four episodes and that's all I will say for now 
As far as the other characters, I remember in the past, I never really cared for Matt or Jeremy. But this time around again, the more mature side of me really actually likes Matt, especially how he starts to come around and acknowledge that Stefan is just trying to help out. And part of me gets annoyed by Jeremy, but I also get where he's coming from. Like we have all been that stupid teen that's been there where we're after that one person who obviously likes someone else more than you, but you just can't quit them. So I'm curious to see at what point the storyline kind of gets situated, I guess, because obviously I hate Tyler so much. I don't even want to talk about him. And speaking of characters I hate, you guys, I cannot express how happy I am that the teacher got killed off so quickly. We could not get rid of him fast enough. He was just such a douche. Like what kind of teacher gets into little competitions with students the way he did with Stefan? And I was annoyed with him. But when he talked to Angena the way he did, that's honestly when I killed him off in my head. Just no. So overall, I think that about wraps up all my thoughts on the first four episodes. Guys, this segment really is an experiment. I have been wondering if I should have tackled a much shorter series, but I really wanted to follow where my head and heart are right now. I mentioned this podcast has already started to make my spooky heart so happy, and this is why. The day we went to that cafe I talked about was like right after I had started this show and watched Twilight, and so all these spooky romantic vibes are just in my head, and I'm feeding off of it. So I'm really going to rely on your feedback for this segment. How many episodes are ideal? Was this episode way too long? I feel like Twilight was a beast of a topic to tackle because I already like realized at this point I didn't cover Alice. I didn't cover any of the other characters. Like I just focused on the story, the love story. But it's really hard because there's just so much to it. So that's another thing, too, if you guys want me to tackle like twilight again at some point to get into all the other details let me know regarding the shows i figured the more episodes i can binge in a week the quicker we can get through this beast of a series so i don't know let me know your thoughts and just a reminder you can always check your ghoulster homework for the week in the show notes to find out which episodes i'll be covering next week because i have a feeling that number is going to vary a lot at least for the first few weeks and speaking of feedback I speak from experience. One of the hardest things about podcasting is that it's a whole different world from other platforms. You guys can't just hit a like button or comment. So really, the only way I know if you're enjoying the show is if you interact with it on Instagram, on the Instagram account at Not Another Spooky Podcast, or if you talk about it with other ghoulsters on Discord. So you have no idea how far a share to your stories or comment on our posts goes. I guess that is a wrap on this week's episode. But before you go, I want to invite you one last time to join our spooky family on the Ghoulmates Discord server. It is a free community where ghoulsters all around the world connect with each other about how they're keeping the spook alive. And if you're interested in unlocking access to an exclusive channel on Discord where you can vote on upcoming topics, get sneak peeks, and participate in live chats with me, you can subscribe to this podcast with a subscription of $5 or higher at the link in the show notes or by clicking that cute little icon on one of the locked episodes on your podcast listening platform of choice, whether it's Apple, Spotify, or you know the rest. Please be sure to use an email you can check frequently to gain access to that exclusive Discord channel where all the fun ghoul stuff is happening. And if you really enjoyed this episode again i would greatly appreciate if you share this podcast with another spooky soul and also you can write a spooktacular review on the platform you're listening on these reviews help our platform reach more people to grow our spooky family as always sending you ghouls and kisses bye